In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Aaron cackled for quite a while. It was delightful. It's a graveyard smash. (laughs) In case the title isn't clear enough, Mm -hmm. we are talking about the supernatural today. You know, it's a good time of year to be Mm -hmm. talking about supernatural stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going. We're talking about monsters, ghosts, all sorts of things. Yes. Yes. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. We had fun with our picks. We I did. Think. Yeah. Yes. Today was very fun. Would you ever be opposed to be come back as a ghost? I would love to come back as a ghost. Yeah. I would love to haunt people <laughs> that I don't like. Like I would oh. like to. I would like to haunt old bosses and just <laughs> come back. <laughs> like you said, women couldn't write. Check it out. <laughs> I don't know. That's all. That, that's the farthest I've gone. So you're like dancing. a revenge ghost. I'm a I like revenge it. Ghost. Okay. Yes. Um, I also want to come back and haunt like exes. Oh. You know, and yeah. Oh. Just get real weird. I like it. I want to haunt anyone who buys stuff from Goop. I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're sort of woo woo anyway. So if yeah. suddenly they're like. $100 face whatever comes in and then there's a ghost behind it they're yeah. like well oh, that makes sense yeah that's totally normal yeah. and then I can just see the headline already like revenge <laughs> ghost targets goop <laughs> like CEO's like ah we don't know yeah. what to do yeah we're embracing it no, they're gonna embrace me <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be like the goop mascot mm-hmm. Gwen and Patra will be like, I always knew that we needed a ghost. Yeah, she will. Be like, listen, this was a special thing. It was that a came conscious coupling with this ghost. <laughs> conscious partnership. 
Yes. Um, Aaron, mm-hmm. have you ever been hypnotized? I have. I want to hear about this. <laughs> okay. I want to say I was like in middle school, maybe just a touch older. And I was at some fair with my parents or some family members. It was some kind of state fair type thing, but it wasn't the Iowa State Fair. Okay. And there was a hypnotist mm-hmm. and they were picking people from the audience and he picked me. And I ended up lip syncing to whose bed have your boots been under what? <laughs> so okay here's my question uh-huh. about hypnotism when it's happening and uh-huh. when you're lip syncing to say shania mm-hmm. twain do you understand what's happening do you like what's it like in yeah your head? i was thinking about that when just reflecting on this question because i do remember feeling like i didn't know what was happening Hmm. And then feeling like afterwards, I didn't really know. But then there's a part of me that feels like you do know. And I don't know, there's something that your subconscious is doing of having you yeah. play along, kind of. And I mean, yes, I do know all the words to whose bed have your boots been under. <laughs> do so. you think there were Confederates in the audience that were like, this girl over here really likes Shania Twain, so we're going to hypnotize her? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they, huh. yeah, maybe I was humming it and they're like, perfect. Yes. You. <laughs> But in my normal life, I would never be on stage like strutting around singing "Who's Bed of Your Boot." Not a chance. I kind of wish that you would, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe now, but in yeah. between that age, and I mean, I'm a little more self-assured now. I'd be like, if you don't like so it. You wouldn't watch. need hypnosis. To no, be like, no, 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 no. Okay, I would hope that if I did it now, it would just be free will. Okay, just, great. Yeah, maybe some booze. Watch to this. Help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch this. That's what I feel like. So go back to middle school, you. Mm-hmm. How after the experience? How did you feel? Did you feel like, oh, okay, weird. I've been manipulated? Yeah, I felt kind of weird after okay. it. Yeah, I felt like I don't know what to think or believe. Really, hmm. like, did I willingly go along with that? Did I not? Was I really? You know, you have yeah. a weird, yeah. A weird feeling. Did, when you went back to Catholic school, did they call you a witch after that? Yeah, I was expelled. <laughs> <laughs> She's been communing with Satan. You're out. I can see it on your face. That's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So middle school is the last time you've been Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm pretty sure we had them like at prom and after prom sure. and stuff. Yeah. But no, I yeah. never. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I have a, a follow-up question to oh. you haunting people. Oh, okay. Okay. So would you have a telltale thing that people would know it was you? You're damn right I would. Okay. And it would be you'd start hearing um, the notes of a song, mm-hmm. and the song would start <laughs> coming through. <laughs> and you're like, wait, that sounds like David Bowie's song from oh Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the song from Labyrinth. The whole, like... <laughs> So like mulleted David Bowie, you yes. know, singing, I don't even remember the words now, but the Labyrinth song. Okay. That would be me coming in to haunt the shit out of you. I don't know how I just, <laughs> see, this is how I got hypnotized. I clearly don't pay attention because I said that and then you said music and I still didn't get to David Bowie. I was wondering if I was going to show my tell. In you this. did. I, once okay. you finally okay. said it. Okay. The glee. <laughs> Like, if I couldn't hear, I'd have been like, oh, she referenced David Bowie. Because the face changes. And you know what? Pure joy. I didn't even think about how long it had been since I talked about David Bowie. This time, I was like, all rules are off. All bets are off. When you're a ghost, this is going to be my... I got to tell you what I'm going to do, so...
I think good on you. Yeah. And hopefully, if I'm a ghost, David Bowie is as well. And we oh. like team up. We're like team ghost cops. Collaboration. A conscious going- collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going after Goop. He's going after Scientology. Like we are co-haunting. I like it. Yeah. Good. Good. Yep. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't have to wear the labyrinth costume. He can be whoever he wants to be. But this labyrinth okay. song is the one that it's that's going to need to play. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. That's not negotiable. That's fine. <laughs> I think you'd be okay with that. Uh-huh. Um, Aaron, I want to know the same question about you. If you oh. came back as a ghost, would you have a sign? A yeah. telltale yeah, sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that I would just try to do things that are unmistakably me. Like you'd be like, <laughs> did somebody fall down the stairs? And there's no what one there. What was that clatter? Yeah. What was that noise? I don't understand. Because I would want to haunt people to the point that they were talking to me. Mm. And they're unsure as to whether or not I'm there. But like that other people yes. in their life are like, who are you talking to? And they're like, Aaron. And like, Oh, Lord. We need to... Okay. Wow. Intervention time. Yeah. I wanted to go that far. Are you going to drive people to the insane asylum? Maybe. Depends okay. on depends on how I leave this earth. Everyone should just know. <laughs> Keep your relationships intact because if I have that opportunity, I'm coming for you. Are there specific people you're targeting? Well, right now, I... Yeah, there's probably a few okay. that I would. And those, I wouldn't necessarily want them to talk to me. I'd more just want them to, at some point, I, when they're by themselves, to just be crying. <laughs> like, I just want this to end. <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> My work is done. My work is done. <laughs> wow. We both got sort of vendetta-y yeah, as yeah. ghosts. I would live on other people's tears. <laughs> Yes, feed me those tears. Yeah. Cry, mortal cry. <laughs> now I'm picturing you holding like a little tiny thing up to catch the tears. <laughs> so then you can drink it. A little like uh, one of those flasks on this. Uh, yes, like a, yeah, like a necklace flask or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catching all my yes. tears and then just getting drunk on human tears. Oh, God. Yeah. I wonder what drunk on That's human tears is like. That's how I fall down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> It all gets clear now. So you get drunk on human tears, and then you enact what you used to do in life. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just walk into things, fall downstairs. Geese start chasing after you, oh even as a ghost. Yeah, that's not okay. Do, geese would know. I mean, they yeah. would be able to tell if you were I'd a ghost. I'd start riding one. You're like, you, you didn't think this through. Physics don't apply to me. Ooh, when I'm a ghost, I'm going to ride that mountain lion that we talked about. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a mountain lion that I named Monty, and he and I are just... <laughs> It's a new one. Just came up with okay, it. Okay, I like it. Mountie the mountain. <laughs> Monty the, the mountain, mountain lion. lion. Not yeah, yeah. Mountie. Not Mountie. Not a Canadian Mountie. Yeah. yeah. Monty. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect mountain lion name. In fact, I will now refer to all mountain lions as Monty. Yeah. He'll be the full Monty. <laughs> Oh, dear. Wow. Yeah, that was, oh, full Monty, Amy on a mountain lion. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should move to our picks because there's no probably. real way to transition no, from I want to, but no. the full Monty, the mountain lion <laughs> in Monster Mash. <laughs> okay, so like we said, our theme today is supernatural. It's monsters. It's all that kind of stuff. So my first pick is called The Mere Wife by Maria Devana Headley from mm. 2018. First off, this is a modern retelling of Beowulf, and that focuses on Grendel, who's a monster, 
a dragon, and a hero. And it's men and men's stuff. And I don't know about you. Do you remember reading this mm-hmm. in school? Yeah. What was yeah. your reaction when you read it? I remember kind of hating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't remember getting anything from it. No. Yeah. No. It felt very forced. Yes. But, you know, and we've talked about that before. I feel like that about a lot of stuff. And then I get angry now as an adult because I've been exposed to so much more literature. Yes. And so many more books that could easily um, demonstrate the same theme or message. And I think, gosh, what a disservice that we're always focused Absolutely. on just that one piece. Well, and now I kind of wish, like, if they're still teaching Beowulf, who knows if they are, but if they are, I think they should pair that with this book because, oh, like, that yeah. one is, you know, like I said, men and men stuff. This is about women. Okay. And it's kind of a new take on the story. So um, it's based in a suburb called Herrett Hall. And to those inside the suburb, it's paradise. It's wonderful. It's great. To those on the periphery, it's like this armed fortress that no one can get into. Okay. Um, There's the main character. Well, one of the main characters is Dana. She is a former soldier who has come back after some terrible wartime experiences, including a kidnapping where she may have been beheaded. Like she has this memory of being beheaded, but she's alive and she's pregnant. And she's not quite sure, like, this is sort of sudden, it's strange, she's maybe supernaturally pregnant. We're not quite sure what's happening here. She got hypnotized. Exactly. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Hypnotized by the full Monty and given... Yes. (laughs) Now the mountain lion is performing hypnotism. I love it. Yes. So she gives birth in a cave in the mountains Ah. outside Harrett Hall. That's right. It's as gross as you would imagine it to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Her son is Grent. Then there's Willa, who is a housewife in a mansion in Harrod Hall, and she has a son named Dylan. So Gren, the kid that's born in the cave, mm-hmm. he is somehow different. We're made to think that Dana is hiding him in this cave as he grows up because mm-hmm. the world might think he's a monster. Okay. So we could sort of – there's evidence to go the supernatural route here mm-hmm. where he looks different. He looks monstrous, you know, something about him. But there's also evidence that he could just be different because of his race. He's darker. He's uh, also gay. So okay. some of that may be playing into it as well. But at one point, Gren escapes, and he starts hanging out with suburban kid, Dylan. Oh, And shit goes down from there. Okay. So one cool thing that uh, Maria Devana Headley does is ever since Beowulf has first been translated from Old English, she says there's basically been mistranslations going on. Really? She says in the way that we've traditionally translated this, the – the, the old English for Grendel's mother makes her a monster. Mm. But she says that's wrong because, of course, she knows old English. She's badass, Maria Devana yeah. Headley. She says, actually, the word that's being used means warrior. So Gren's mom is actually a soldier. So that's the route she takes. She's not a monster. She's just this war-hardened person. Oh. There's also, from the original, there's a Beowulf character, and he's a detective here, but he's not a hero in this story. He's this mercenary looking for glory. Oh. So that gets playing into. So the writing is beautiful. The yeah. story, which is focused on these two women in particular, is very tense. It's very powerful. It's dark. And there's just strain of just weird, unexplained, otherworldly stuff going on. And it's pretty amazing. Wow. Monstrous, cool stuff. I'm glad that you brought that one up because I had had saw that when it came out Mm -hmm. and I 
avoided it because I just didn't really think I was going to like it based on some of that information, you know, but that is amazing that she's that much of a scholar. I know. That's so cool. And at first when I heard it was a Beowulf thing, I had no desire to based on that. But then I saw good reviews about it. I saw it was based on the women. I was like, oh, okay. So then I gave it a shot and it's so worth so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Just beyond the point that in the first few pages, she may or may not be beheaded, but she's still alive. I mean, from that point, you just go. Yeah. You got to you gotta find out what happens to that person. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> got to be team possible beheading. Yes. Wow. Yes. All right. Well, that sounds amazing. Cause, very, very yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, the book that I'm re- recommending under our um, general fiction category this week is called Providence by Caroline Kepnes. So I have previously recommended her yes. with You and Hidden Bodies. And I'm going to say a caveat right out of the gate. This is very different from you or Hidden Bodies. And um, some of the reviews for it were kind of lukewarm. And I am one to believe that I think it's because it came it after. Different. Yeah. Um, I think we all know that that happens with authors. For they sure. get kind of pigeonholed, especially if their first book was amazing. I mean, it's it's kind of like what's happened to J.K. Rowling, that she had these amazing series of Harry Potter, and then she struggled to get adult fiction. For because sure. People, it's just not Harry Potter. Yeah. And they just... We can't figure out what that means, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that this got a bad rap, and I think you have to look at it almost, maybe you just need to think it's an entirely different author. Yeah. But it is, it's a very gripping, crazy story. So it was published in June of 2018. Uh, John and Chloe are the two main characters. They grow up together, they're best friends, and they have this really deep connection that neither of them can really explain. And for growing up, they're just friends, but they just have a very, very strong bond. Um, and to the point that John's getting ready to think that he, he's actually in love with Chloe. Like this is, he's really meant to be with her. So about the time that he's getting old enough and brave enough to lay it all out there, he's kidnapped by a substitute teacher at his school who is obsessed with HP Lovecraft and has his own weird plot to save humanity. And John's going to be part of this. So if you don't know who H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> is, he wrote um, sci-fi, horror, He's very weird guy. stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he lived in Providence, Rhode Island. So it's kind of a nod back to the name Providence. Um, he also has some very devoted followers. I mean, um, you've heard of like Comic-Con and things yes. like that. There's, But there's a big following of H.P. Lovecraft as well. Um, and that plays a very interesting role in the backdrop of this story. So... John's missing. No one knows. Years go by. Chloe tries to move on. Years go by. Oh, yeah. Oh, my years. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she's, you know, high school comes. She's fitting in. She gains some popularity. But the trauma of what happened with John and not knowing is kind of always this cloud over sure. her. But she can kind of <laughs> fake it enough that people think she's, you know, moved on. So right when Chloe's at the point where she's like, I'm getting better. I'm going to close the door. John escapes. And we find out at that point that he has some kind of uncontrollable power that isn't really explained. But we know that when he has strong feelings for someone, he can do terrible, terrible things. And that can either be really strong good feelings or really strong bad feelings. But the outcome is the same. Oh, my God. And so there's – we learn all this – you know, situations, you have this very supernatural element of what he came out of this kidnapping, you know, basement dwelling situation, what he is now. And what was that guy trying to do? And what does that mean for him and Chloe? What does that mean for him going back to his parents and going back to this life that he doesn't recognize anymore? Um, There's also a police detective that's involved here in the background, which he was a phenomenal character. And 
from there, I really won't give you any more information. It's just a crazy journey to find out how John's going to, what he's going to do with this, where he takes that power. You find out kind of what the substitute teacher was trying to go for. Um, it is different. It's weird. You don't know what's going to happen chapter to chapter, but I tore through it. Wow. And if there's something to be said for her as an author, it's that she knows how to write a compelling story. And that is what this is. It is not you. It's not hidden bodies. You're not going to, you know, simultaneously hate and root for Joe. You are going to be in a totally different headspace, but she's a phenomenal writer, and it's just a really, really good book. Seems like, too, she's um, focusing on obsession in different ways. Like, obviously, stalker obsession in Mm -hmm. You and Hidden Bodies, but Mm -hmm. here, like, it sounds like the sub-teacher is obsessed with Lovecraft as well as maybe this kid, Yeah, and then John's kind of obsessed with his love for Chloe, Mm -hmm. and Chloe's obsessed with this not being able to get past it. I mean, everybody kind of has this thing that they're just letting rule their lives. Yeah. And when you bring supernatural stuff into obsession, yeah. that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Sounds really good. It I can see how good. like reviewers would, you know, yeah. maybe not dig that because first off, it is supernatural and mm-hmm. some reviewers don't like that as much, but also that it's so different. Yeah. Where it came from. And yeah. you know, it's been announced recently that she is writing a third and fourth volume to you and Hidden Bodies. Oh. But when this came out, there was no word about whether there was going to be a third or fourth. And I think that played into it as well. Oh, I think sure. people wanted more volumes and they were frustrated that, that she took she went the time and did it another book Mm -hmm. yeah and so you know and whatever her personal reasons are as a writer for doing that who cares she wanted to do something different yeah and it's phenomenal it's great and i yeah i was any chance this would turn into a series i you know i would think it has the really it has potential yeah it has great characters it has really good making i mean it might be better served as a movie i don't know but they're doing so many things with tv series now that you think that it's a definite story but they figure out how to you know play it on more so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very good wow She's got some skill, Carolyn. She does. Pettness. She does. She brings it. Awesome. Yeah. Very sounds good. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of sounds similar, maybe because of the supernatural theme, but also yeah. um, with some of the content to my other genre book, which is a short story collection from 2017, and it's called The Dark Dark by Samantha Hunt. I've heard of that. Okay. Yes. Um, what I like about this is – I'll get into, you know, how it relates to the theme, but also that um, the stories are often very short. Like Mm -hmm. you can get through, you know, a few pages and you have a story. Um, But this starts with the assumption that weird stuff routinely breaks into ordinary lives. And you can either ignore that. Oh, hey, podcast. What's up? (laughs) Oh, you're talking about supernatural stuff? Podcast like dark, dark. That's me. Yeah. I know this. Hello. Case uh, you couldn't hear, listeners, she came running down the stairs, meowing at us. Yeah, she's like, "I want in on that." I feel I'm trying not to take it personal. Like she figured out I was here, and she was like, "Ah, where'd uh, you come from?" She felt the disturbance. Yeah. she's like, "Oh, I got I that." I didn't allow again. you here. Yes. Well, it's actually kind of fortuitous. There's animals in here too. See, yeah, she knew. So the idea, you know, that that weird stuff routinely breaks into normal life. So do you either ignore it or do you go with it? Mm. And in these stories, they go with it. Um, there's a story about an FBI agent who falls in love with a robot built for a suicide mission. There's a story about a young woman who unintentionally cheats on her husband when she's transformed every night into a deer. Oh, so like with a deer? Is that, does uh-huh. that count? It's cheating. See, it's a good question. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't really want to get into the <laughs> that one, moral um, it, part it of that. It has some real visceral images in it. Okay. Um, when she transforms into a deer and yeah. then comes into their marriage bed. So it's real It's real interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another story about two strangers who become lovers and somehow find themselves responsible for the resurrection of a dog. Oh. Um, there's uh, 13 pregnant teenagers who develop a strange relationship with the founding fathers of American history. And there's a lonely woman who is taking fertility treatments, and it becomes the stuff of science fiction. Wow. So there's magic. There's bodies changing and surprising you. In particular, there's a big focus on pregnancy mm-hmm. and trying to get pregnant, but also what pregnancy does to a woman's body mm-hmm. and how that can just be inherently weird and sort of supernatural when you think about it. Um, beyond what I would say to recommend it, Carmen Maria Machado, Mm. short story master that Mm -hmm. we recommended a while Mm -hmm. ago. She Mm -hmm. loved this book. She recommended it for NPR. And she said, quote, once you boil away the horror, these are stories about middle class women imprisoned by the domestic in some way or another. Mm. We all live in the dark, but women live in the dark, dark, the shadow of any space they occupy. Ooh. Which I, I don't know if that's where Samantha Hunt came or got the title, but if not, I would go with it because that is incredible. Yeah. What she just said. Right. I'd be like, thank you. And I'm done. <laughs> thank you, Carmen. That's what I was going Great. for. That's, that's, that's what exactly I meant. Exactly. That what is what I, I meant. meant. <laughs> yep. I, it wasn't a typo where they just added an extra dark. I really, that's what I, I was do going it. for. I meant yeah. to do that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> Mic drop. I'm out. <laughs> Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of people can tell supernatural stories and you see them everywhere. You see all sorts of supernatural stories. But when you use the supernatural to talk about what we might consider normal or what we might consider, um, you know, just routine, even like pregnancy, that's super powerful. And I really enjoyed that about these stories. And I'll just, uh, you know, agree with what Carmen Maria Machado said. Yeah. As you should do in everything. Really. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for my um, other genre pick, I it, it's it's still fiction, but it's actually a young adult novel. So that's oh. why I put it in the other category. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to address that because sometimes people maybe don't pick up young adult because they think, oh, that's not going to fit. And and I'll say that y- there's definitely books in that category that maybe aren't going to interest in an all adult fiction mm-hmm. reader. But there are some sometimes that come around that you just they're powerful. They are yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this one is called Children of Blood and Bone. Ooh, by Tommy yeah. Edimini. Okay. Yeah. And so this was published in March of 2018, and it is going to be a movie. They've confirmed that. Ooh. It was actually, she sold the rights to this to be a movie before it even got published. Holy That's God. how. And isn't great. she just like early 20s? Yeah. Too? She's like oh 24. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one of the little things on the back, I have the, you know, book itself and on the back jacket, and I love this part. It says, they killed my mother. They took our magic. They tried to bury us. Now we rise. Oh, right. You're just like, okay. okay. All right. We're also sort of sounds it. like Maya Angelou and I'm in. Right. Yes. yes. Very. Yeah. Reminiscent. So mm-hmm. the main character, Zelly, has these memories when her whole world was magic and everything around her was magic. And her mom um, had magic powers and every it's this whole entire fantasy world that she's remembering because now the magic's gone. There were people that came in and hunted the people that were magic, and it doesn't exist anymore. So she, oh. her mother is one of those people that were killed. Um, and so now they kind of live in this very hopeless place because the magic's gone. They, they remember what the world was like, and now it's not that way. So 
it's this, you go through this entire story of her deciding to rise up and we need to take back the power. We need to get the magic back, but it's set in this whole fantasy world that's created and it's incredible. It's so well done. And it's a departure from our world in the best way, meaning that there's supernatural elements to it, but it does that what I think supernatural is supposed to do, which is kind of examine all of the possibilities we can see and not Mm -hmm. just what's right in front of us or what we can prove by fact, but, you know, opens up the whole world to you. But also there's this very uh, harsh understanding of the world that came in and took this over. And you can't help but feel as though there's this purposeful thing of highlighting mm-hmm. the comparison allegory. Maybe? Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. she herself said it's an epic allegory for particularly the black experience in yes. America, but also just disenfranchised or the experience of feeling powerless and having to take that back. Um, she herself touts the book as black Panther with magic. What? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Cause the main character is trying to bring magic back. So oh, I love that. calls on her West African heritage. She's West, uh, West African, um, Nigerian. And so she just created this whole world and she was working a job. Um, and she said she happened to go into this gift shop and see these cards that had like, um, black gods and goddesses on it. And she just was kind of dumbfounded by yeah. that because she hadn't seen that before. And the images really stayed with her. And then, um, she ended up later that night or over the next period of time, she was on Pinterest and she saw these things that these people had drew and this whole world was starting to create in her mind. Wow. Yeah, it was funny. She, I watched an interview with her with Jimmy Fallon, actually, and she was explaining, you know, how excited she was and it really ignited something in her and gave her this inspiration. And she recalls like going to work the next day and showing people and they're like, oh, did you draw that? And she's like, no. And then they're just like, oh, okay, I don't know. She, you know, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. she realized how much she was sparked by it and like i need to write this story yeah. and i need to put it out there so kind of an interesting story of where the inspiration came from but it is wonderful and you'll fly through it it is a very thick volume but it's beautifully written and it you just have to keep going chapter to chapter is it a series is it going to be a series Do i know? don't know okay. i mean i would guess There's that potential yeah, for it? Okay. yeah yeah i would think but i know that it's going to be a movie for sure wow, i don't know that's yeah. incredible mm-hmm. why do you think you know because i think um sometimes i question why things are considered young adult if um because sometimes adult literature focuses on younger kids too mm-hmm. so what do you think about this why do you think it was young adult um i think that uh, I'm guessing that it's sometimes maybe it's intentional either on the author or the publisher that they think that there's a prime audience for it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, but I think that it hits the adult market because it's not, it's not a twilight dealing with a supernatural, you know, romance, that type of thing. Um, It's kind of a next level Harry Potter. We're not really talking, you know, there's not a lot of um, comfort necessarily in certain things. So I think that sometimes it's important to put that in front of young adults and say, here's a different, you know, it kind of challenges them, but it gives them something really great to grip into too. Um, But I think that when young adult does that and does it well, that's when it crosses over to being great adult fiction too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I can see, yeah, the desire for that to maybe 
have those images, have that story for the next generation of especially young black kids too, to be able to mm-hmm. look at that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Fallon actually referenced that and said, you know, he has two daughters and he loved this book for that, for like saying, you see, you can do anything, yes. you know, here it is. So, um, of course, if your dad's Jimmy Fallon, I would think you kind of have that idea. You probably can do anything yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Regardless. but no, it's great. Uh-huh. great. Yeah. That's also cool that she was on Jimmy Fallon. He doesn't interview a lot of authors. No. So that's how big a deal this and was. And I want to say that this was the first year Jimmy Fallon did like a Jimmy Fallon kind of book club thing where oh. he declared like a national book that he was going to read. And uh-huh. then everybody, and I believe this is the one he declared, which is, I think is why they were on there. Okay. He had like a list of, to- of five and the audience got to vote. And this mm-hmm. is what he did. I'm trying to remember He picked a different one this year, but I can't right now think okay. of what it was. So no, that's interesting. I just know we've talked about how yeah. Seth Meyers routinely has authors. Yes. One of the many reasons I love him. Yeah. So that's cool that Jimmy Fallon. He did. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah, it was wonderful. And she's very, um, delightful in the interview and just really excited and who knew this was going to be a big deal and yeah yeah, it's very good it's the book is beautiful the book jacket is gorgeous yeah so cool so well i think um podcast excited about it too because if you couldn't hear she was meowing the entire time you were talking yeah she was like okay as you should be it's delightful she also is maybe just meowing at us because we're not paying attention and she's at the top of the stairs like hey where's my food even though it's downstairs and she forgets she wants you to go she wants me to yeah and listen podcast i mean we do that on our own time we don't do that in front of aaron or in front of our audience in the podcast you've done it in front of me but that's okay i'm fine with it i understand it just proves that you have a good owner podcast (laughs) she doesn't want to agree with that no no Mm -hmm. just like this bitch is yeah owner we're partners exactly you don't own me. <laughs> Nobody owns Podcat. I run this place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely mm-hmm. how she feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so pop culture wise. Yes. I picked a TV show. Okay. Called Preacher. Oh. First, this is based on a series of graphic novels. Um, but oh, it in, is? It is. But okay. in this case, the show is definitely better than the books. <laughs> oh. Okay. And I'll, I'll go into why. Okay. But um, – the show is produced and created by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, dynamic duo that create amazing things. How and did this, I not know that? Yeah. It stars Dominic West and Ruth Nega. Um, this is straight up Looney Tunes. Let me just say that right off the bat. It is packed full of supernatural weirdness and hilarious, gory stuff. Jesse Custer, who's uh, played by Dominic West, he used to be a thief and a killer, but he's come home to a small town in Texas to take over his dead father's church. Oh. He's trying to be good, but he can't help fighting and getting into trouble, and he kind of sucks as a preacher. Okay. Then his ex-girlfriend, Tulip, comes to town and tries to get him to join her on another crime job. Oh, like, hey, yeah. let's get back into it. Okay. Then one night, something invades him. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean, literally, there's a supernatural being that okay. dives into his skin suit and gets in there. Skin suit's <laughs> what we're using. All right. All right. I'm game. And that supernatural being gives him a power, uh, a god voice. People, when he uses this god voice, people will do whatever he says. And take it to crazy logical or crazy illogical, excuse me, uh, next steps. Oh, Okay. We learn this thing that is invaded, Jesse, is a love child of a demon and an angel. We also meet the angels who have come to fetch that demon spawn oh baby. My. Okay. And along the way, we meet a vampire named Cassidy 
who's pitching in to Jesse's cause, and he's kind of my favorite. Okay. He's he's something. All right. Um, the show is funny as hell. It is action-packed. It is super weird. Besides angels and vampires, we eventually meet Satan, oh. Hitler, okay. voodoo priestesses, and much, much more. Um, oh, and there's also, like, God maybe um, hiding out in a dog suit in a fetish bar. So there's that to look forward to, too. All right. There are four seasons. Uh, the fourth and final season is finishing right now. Okay. The first three seasons are available on Hulu. Okay. So you can get it get there. Um, and like I mentioned, the reason why I think this is better than the books, um, the books are great. The story's there. It's cool. But in uh, the character of Tulip in particular, in the books, she's just kind of like helpless. Like she just, oh, accidentally becomes a criminal and oh, just, oh, you know, okay. wants to get back with her boyfriend. Okay. In the show, played by Ruth Nega, she is an absolute freaking badass. She knows exactly what she wants. She's still very human and relatable. She is amazing. Okay. So for that reason alone, very thank cool. you, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, for making her an actual woman. For creating the yes. character. I like it. Yes. So crazy ass show. Yeah. I enjoy it. It is bizarre and delightful. Wow. You know, I've seen it and I've never, I until now, I never encountered anyone that watched it. And frankly, I wanted someone to tell me. So that that's amazing. Me. That would be You me. did it twice this episode, The Mere Wife and this. <sighs> this is why we created this podcast. It is. I mean, besides, you know. Working so well for me. <laughs> besides giving our listeners recommendations, we just really wanted to self-serve. Yes. And give each other good recommendations. Yes. 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 Well. I went a little more uh, old school. Oh. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the original movie that I watched that ruined all future scary movies for me <laughs> called The Amityville Horror. Oh, you've told a little bit about the story about when you yeah. saw this, right? Okay. 1979 original people. Yep. I don't, none of that 2005 remake. No. I am talking 1979, the original, James Brolin, Margot Kidder. Lois Lane is in there? Mm -hmm. Wow. Move into a house where a mass murder was committed and things happen. Oof. Okay? So I saw this way too early. So it has an infinite amount of power over me. Mm -hmm. Way more than it should probably. Mm -hmm. How old were you, do you think, when you oh, saw it? Oh, gosh. It had to be like fourth or fifth grade. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe eight, nine, yeah. ten, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just way too early. Sure. Um, and it is – it terrified me. It's scary. It's got all kinds of supernatural elements in it. Um, it was nominated for Best Musical Score at the Oscars and the Golden Globes that year. Which, was the music that creepy? Yes. I've never seen it. Yes. Okay. It's terrifying. Um, I've never seen the new one. I won't. I don't know how it compares. I can just tell you that the 1979 one, I'm um, – uh, horrified fan i guess i would say like it's not some. it's great i just never want to revisit it that's one of my questions is have you ever rewatched it as an adult no so i don't if you i don't know if it holds up i just okay. it has such a big thing in my head that when i thought supernatural it's like the first thing that instant. pops up okay. yeah mm -hmm. it's instantaneous so i do think that it's worth a view if you sure. haven't seen it um it probably is less scary now because obviously we've come quite and you know that's actually a movie great magic. Like, listener challenge like watch the movie tell us if it holds up yes. and if Aaron can watch it again yes and maybe we can record me watching it again Ooh. no 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 one wants no. to hear that I do <laughs> you could be there and then okay. just relay to our audience how about we just record it and then distill it down to like two minutes of, just of your top screaming. like screaming <laughs> jumping yeah. yes 
Amy knows because she's been to movies with me <laughs> that I am a full body movie watcher. So I will grab when I'm laughing and I'll uh-huh. grab when I'm scared. Uh-huh. Both times. And when you're just emotionally affected, you'll grab yeah, too. I will. Yeah. I just reach out and grab for arms and then I cry. I laugh or I scream depending on what then it I is. Then I realize that you're looking at me a lot. Like you're watching my <laughs> reaction too. Like, is she having the same reaction as me? <laughs> I just catch you out of the corner of my eye, just like looking at me. And then I sometimes I look and sometimes I'm like, Aaron, get your eyes on the the screen. Yeah. I can't help it. I'm so when I get like I love movies and when I get like into them and then I just want everyone around me to have the same experience. I'm like, it's Amy laughing, you should be laughing. Are you touched by this? You should be. Like I feel like I take control over everyone's viewing and be like You actually we saw hustlers this week. You weren't super like grabby. This no, time around. No. Were you just so just taking I, it all in? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed But I know there wasn't really the grabby. That's you know, true. There wasn't it wasn't. Grabby. I mean, there were some funny parts, but yes. not like, yeah. Not like book yeah. smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. quite a pick. I also, I like the idea that you've been too scared to revisit it. I'm too scared. Yeah. And I then I didn't even realize, I'll be perfectly honest, this popped into my head so hard and so fast. And then I was trying to remember what year. So I, you know, did the research on it. The actors, I didn't even know there was a remake in 2005 because obviously I blocked everything related to it. Not going to happen. Shut your face. Never going to see it. I like the fact that maybe like you were watching TV a couple times and a commercial came on and your brain just shut it down. (laughs) It was like, we're going to turn off the eyes, turn off the ears. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Protective impulse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I know. I don't want to watch it, I'll be honest. And uh, part of that is I'm jumpy and yeah. I don't even, you know, old school horror movies. I don't I do, do well. I, I don't. don't do it. I don't. Yeah. I startle very easily. Mm-hmm. You can ask anyone that actually lives in the house. I frequently scream at people that live there, which is what Mike always says. I live here. Like, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Why are you screaming at the sight of me? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach has actually said that he's had the thought process of whether, like, he knows that he's coming out of his room and I'm going down the stairs and he's thought, should I say something? Because I'm going to startle her. And he's not because he's like, she's too close to the stairs. I'm going to startle her. She's going to fall down the stairs. Oh, my God. That's how pervasive of an issue. knows you so much and And so well. It also makes me feel sad that they have to have that hard of a workaround. If that's all they have to work around, you've done a good job. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Don't worry about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Tell you what. Well, some good monster mash picks. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Graveyard Smash. Monster Mash. I don't know why the name came to me because I hate that song. Oh, so should I keep singing it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah, that just immediate kind of like a Amityville Core came to you directly. Yeah, you this just, one came right up to me. I can't get enough of that guy's voice when he sings it. The monster Mash. It's a graveyard smash. <laughs> oh, boy. I think it was perfect. Yeah. Perfect pick. Good job out of you. Thanks. Good well, out of you, too. The good news is that we'll be back next week. And you know that'll be an even better title than Monster Mash. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. But in the meantime, you can head to our website where you'll see episode 33 titled monster mash yeah you will with all the recommendations we might even link to a recording of the song we might we just in fact might i kind of need to now yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah, we've mentioned enough it's required yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so also at our website mm-hmm. which is www.broadsandbooks.com yes 
there is bonus material. Besides, you know, linking to Monster Mash, there are whole bonus episodes. Yes. There's Q&As. Ooh. There's gift guides. Yes. There's a special best of at episode 25. <sighs> you got to go. You, you got to see what all there is. You need to go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then after you go there and you're like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Great titles. Mm-hmm. Great content. Great bonus material. So good. Love those broads. Yes. That right there. I just wrote it for you. A review. Absolutely. You did like a Mad Libs review yeah. right there. Yeah. Done. Do it. And like we've said in the past, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, super easy to do that and just yeah. add it into review. If you're listening other ways, send it to us on social medias Yeah, or via email. Absolutely. We will publicize the hell out of that. Yes, we will. Yeah. Also, we love – another thing we love to hear about from our uh, listeners, mm-hmm. our theme ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to hear a theme idea. Yes. If you said, as you have said in the past, even just a tidbit of an idea, the tip of an idea. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I was like, is she gonna? Yep, she's gonna. Okay. All right. Just I couldn't tip even, of an idea. I couldn't even make it through. Just the just oh, a nugget of an idea. Tip of an idea. We will take that tip and run with it and <laughs> make it into a full idea, I guess. Yep. Oh, dear God. We're good at that. Yep. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, on our website. You can find Podcat on Instagram. You sure can. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.